Because that's exactly what we wanted. More Michael Moore choking himself. More Michael Moore. <clears throat> oh, never. <laughs> oh, <laughs> maybe we do no. want that. You ruined that's it. you. <laughs> no. There are good movies and there are great movies, but that's not what we watch here because this is shitty cinema. There's a dead man in my room. We are three film masochists who love to take on the worst movies we can find, centered around our monthly theme to answer one simple question. Would you watch it again? I'm Jay and I'm joined by Dave, Ella, and Casey. Your accent's terrible. It was. Every it was week, really one of us has to pick a movie based on that month's theme. I just I just talk like this. What's this month's theme, Casey? Get out your passport and tartar sauce. We're going across the pond to England. I fish and chips. Oh, they're not eating it naked, do you think? Do you? We have to. We're watching movies made for by England. Last week, we eased in with American Joan Crawford leading the British TROG. Sorry, you can only yell that. You can only yell that. Jay, your title is actually yelling at us. What did you bring? I gave us a fully British cast in a film that Michael Caine's uh, manager tried to desperately talk him out of doing, and that is 1990s Bullseye! Exclamation mark. Fuck, don't put exclamations in your title. I never know how I'm supposed to introduce <laughs> it. I'm not going to put the emphasis you want me to on it. All right, Jay, before we get ahead of ourselves, you need to give us an elevator pitch where you sell us on this movie in 10 seconds or less. Here's your setup. You have booked yourself a once-in-a-lifetime trip. You are traveling on the Orient Express. You, you, you got yourself a swanky cabin. It's a it's Ooh, a whole thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. you know, treat yeah. yourself. This is a this is a big deal. However, it seems that on this same trip, there's someone who looks almost identical to you with a slightly better nose. Damn it! Yeah, and they're Damn here shit. to sell the secret to nuclear fusion. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people who want to steal the secret to nuclear fusion that have some very low def photos of this man, so they can't see the difference between his nose and yours. So you've got about 10 seconds before one of them busts into your cabin and starts screaming you down in an attempt to find these plans. In the time before that happens, sell us on this movie. James Bond and Alfred team up to score a heist of diamonds, get roped into a CIA plot over cold fusion, and fight over which one fathered their friend's daughter. Nine seconds in... Jesus, I almost forgot about the bastard child. <laughs> I wanted to get the big three plot lines in there, if you can call them that. Well, Case, you know that if I'm on the Orient Express, you're there with me. And while this strange man is yelling at me, you're going to club him over the head and get us into a whole lot more trouble. So in the 10 seconds before shit turns real south for us, sell us on this movie. Everyone's favorite Bond and everyone's favorite Butler star in a heist-slash-sex-romp-slash-political-thriller comedy that feels like being blasted in the eyes with a pressure washer thanks to the rate at which they huck jokes at you. 10 seconds! It was a constant attack. Constant. A constant joke attack? I don't, okay. I don't, e- e- putting everything else aside, do you have any idea what you expose us to ever using the words everyone's favorite bond? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, right? I, listen, I've now watched two Bond movies. 
They were fine, but I know people have really strong feelings. They do. <laughs> and I I promise you in the overwhelming majority, it's not Roger Moore. It's not yeah, Roger no. Moore. No, he's not doesn't crack Connery. the top three for most people. James Bond aside, let's go over the movie that Shitty Cinema watched. Bullseye opens with one of our favorite things ever. Voice over narration. Oh, oh you said we it's love our favorite, that. But it's not. It's like reading, but not as hard. Our narrator, Sydney, who is played by Michael Caine, sets up the premise of the film right out of the gate. Everyone has a doppelganger, and his is a famous American scientist, Hitler, who has discovered the formula for cold fusion. You see, Sydney is just at the tail end of a three-year prison sentence, so he visits his one-time friend slash one-time fling, Willie. Uh... By the way, did did they name the character Hitler so it would constantly sound like they were saying Hitler, or was that just an unfortunate coincidence? I don't I know. Am, I I thought they said Hitler a couple times. <laughs> I do right. <laughs> okay, I'm so glad it's right, not just the, me because no, no. I was like, "What is wrong with the me?" The movie was not good enough to like keep me a hundred percent in the moment, so I drift, and then all of a sudden hear Hitler, and wait, <laughs> wait. <what? laughs> It could have been the free on YouTube audio. I'm not sure. <laughs> Rather than getting a wet willy. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, like the vagina. Banked, right. Yeah. Eh. He's instead reunited with the reason he was in prison in the first place. His old partner, Gerald, played by a very cheeky Roger Moore. Which I mean, can you describe him any other way? <laughs> very cheeky. Just he took his vitamins in the morning. <laughs> yeah. You can tell. I liked it. <laughs> After some light choking, all's forgiven, and the three are back to their thieving ways. See, you enjoy it way too much every time, Casey. <laughs> Willie's come up with a plan for them to steal a million dollars worth of already stolen diamonds from the doppelganger scientist and his best friend, Bavistock, who, you guys aren't going to believe this, looks just like Roger Moore. What? what? And their but best friends? Suck it, Lohan. Let me guess. There's just one problem. Neither version of Michael Caine can do a convincing American accent for more than, like, two to three syllables. Okay, two problems, if we count that one. <laughs> just two? Sydney needs a bit of rhinoplasty to be a dead ringer. This gives the rest of the gang time to get intel on their scientific duos. Like, how they get into their houses, how to get their safety deposit box key, you know, normal stuff. Heist movie. Eh, right. Hi shit. Hi shit. Gerald takes his science cosplay a little too far, almost blowing the pair's cover one night before the heist. After getting accosted by an angry fanboy at a fusion conference, Sid knocks out the handsy science bro, which lands the two in jail, but this time as the men they're impersonating. Oh? I don't Now care. I've got daddy's money. When you said daddy's money. Whoever bails me out, that's an open invite. <laughs> <laughs> Get Pay me my the bail, fuck out of here. The daddy. <laughs> right. The pair of thieves make bail, get the diamonds, and get home just in time to be surrounded by the police. Turns out there's another layer to this onion. This tasty layer is that MI5 and the CIA have invested a lot of money in the fusion project, and they don't want to lose out to one of the many bidders Hickler and Bavistock have on their side. So the fuzz decides that if Sid and Gerald keep pretending to be Hickler and Bavistock through the weekend when the plans will get auctioned off, then they can just keep the diamonds they already stole. 
which I guess is fair. And that's how the pair ended up on the Orient Express, where the now double on-screen doppelganger hijinks ramp up to a fucking 10. Dave, that's how shoplifting should be treated. Like, okay, instead of prosecuting, you get to keep that top and help us reel in a bigger fish. I mean, that is how drug No, but they don't works. let you keep the shirt. You got it. Like, they'll take it. No, no. I yeah, assume. Did they gotta... just let you keep? Did they just let you keep it? No, no, definitely. You have to commit <laughs> a severe enough crime. Wait, are you saying, like, I could get caught shoplifting and then they'd be like, hey, I'll let you kill, keep those diamonds if you steal them? Yeah. Because shoplifting suddenly got lit. Right. Right, is this just like an audition then? <laughs> I know, yeah, right? that's what that's what MI5 is treating it like, I felt like. Turns out the feds just released the actual science bros from jail because they really had no intention of letting anyone out of this gig alive. Usual, the government's trying to kill everybody. The science bros, however, think that they're gonna get away with all of this money. Sydney completes leg one of the auction successfully, but is overpowered by his self, the lookalike Hickler, I think. I don't know. The movie does so many fucking switch em ups and Michael Caine doesn't quite commit. Right. Yeah. But. After the first half of the movie, I was not sure. Like, it's like playing the, the shell game. Like, if you lose track of it, you're like, oh, <laughs> shit. Oh, I, I lost track of my Michael Caine. Oh, and now no. it's mixed up with this other one. I, I'm look, I don't think I've ever said this before and I'll probably never say it again. Learn something from Lindsay Lohan. Give one of the Michael Caine's <laughs> pigtails, one of them a ponytail. <laughs> he so can't do I the right. accent, though. She could do the American and the British accent. I don't know. I Okay, but I like that Roger Moore just didn't. No, Yeah, no, Roger Moore I don't think was ever supposed to be, like, American. Yeah, right. Well, both just versions of his Roger character Moore's were characters British, were but both. I don't think that was... I think that oh, was a constraint. That wasn't of the an actor. accident. No, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to picture Roger Moore doing an American accent, and it's the most cursed thing I think I can possibly imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While Hickler's winning on the train, Bavistock's one step behind Willie and her daughter, trying to extract the plans from a safe in a tiny hamlet in the countryside. Everyone makes it back on the train in time to be almost murdered by some Rube Goldberg style traps. Poison soup. I, the movie loses its shit by this point, and it's just a barrage of gags and dry one liners. Just spy shit. Thrown Hammering at, at us. Yes. Spy shit. You guys want props? You guys like props? Yeah. It's, we got props on this one. <laughs> they make it to the final auction. A chase ensues. Blah, blah, blah. Us bad guys get screwed by the CIA, and Willie's daughter keeps the cold fusion plan so that the thieving pair can sell them to whoever the fuck they want making them just as bad as the guys who are now in jail, but, you know, protagonists, so it's okay. Don't worry, because they don't work anyway, as we see at the end of the film. But what this movie really should focus on is selling the rights to this film to a John Cleese doppelganger. Was it? Because I preferred my headcanon where they sold the rights to the film to John Cleese, and he just fucked off with the money. <laughs> <laughs> the John Cleese doppelganger. Yeah. Which was just John Cleese, yeah, who also apparently moonlighted as a sound man for that scene. Really? Yeah. Holy shit. That, he had to have been too big for that at this point. Yes. It's 1990. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I mean, Faulty right, Towers like, has run. Uh, 
Monty Python, obviously. Like, John, John Cleese is huge. But also, uh-huh. like, this has Michael Caine and fucking James Bond in it. So right. yeah, true. And it also has a cameo by David Bowie. When was that? Bowie makes a cameo as the guy that criticizes uh, Michael Caine's accent. Oh, yeah. He's the fucking, the, he's the, the guy who knows him as uh, a thief. Yeah. The cart guy at the train station? The No, the, oh, yeah, sure, you're not who I remember. Love the new nose. Right. That guy. It's David and, Bowie. And, and Michael Caine looks dead to camera and goes, well, this isn't going to work, or whatever, because he couldn't do a convincing American accent to save his fucking life. Uh, <laughs> I, didn't, I did not realize that was David Bowie. Because you didn't be fair, dance. it's David Bowie. He can That's look however true. the fuck he wants. I actually would, if I saw David Bowie, I would like wait for someone else to say it first. I'm like, okay, all right. You can't just go around accusing people (laughs) of being David Bowie because it's either going to go really well or really poorly for you. So, yeah, shockingly large amount of really big names in this movie. I don't know if it's accurate, but on first Googling, this movie had a budget of $15 million, which, wow, with these names in it doesn't seem wrong. We've got Michael Caine and Roger Moore starring in it. They've got to be expensive. Unfortunately, on first Googling, it got a it had a box office of a hundred thousand pounds, which I don't know what the Eek. the rate was <laughs> in nineteen ninety, but I don't think it's that good. Forty people, forty people saw the movie. <clears throat> yeah, is I, it like Juan? It is, I don't know what happened. <laughs> there. This had to have. This had to have been some type of, uh, you know, intended for a, for a theatrical release and didn't get one. I don't know. But that's 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 bad. Did they do any press for this? I wonder. I feel like you could trick people into liking this. I mean, if they well, no, I mean, I guess once they've seen it, they can roast yeah. it and people won't. Yeah. In terms of like the overall structure of it, it's it's very much a a comedy in the vein of airplane. It's not a full on parody. But it is just intended to be just a fire hose of one-liners and sight gags. You know, the plot's largely just an excuse. It's an eyewash station. (laughs) It's a British eyewash station. Of course, there's going to be some John John Cleese at the end. Just like, ah, here's a little ointment for you. All right, bye. See you later. Like, no, not after 90 minutes of what you just did. It certainly has the idea and the veneer of various heists, right? We get like a a traditional um, bank style heist almost, and we get a train heist, and there's the the secret the chase hunt for um for the bank where the the plans are actually stored, which is very uh, spy and heist like. So it it certainly has the aesthetics at points. Okay, so the first high setup I was here for, where they're trying to, oh, okay, we look like these guys. Let's steal their bank box. Okay, yeah. cool. I was here for that. that I actually heist. really liked that. Correct. Uh, yes, the movie was enjoyable. I was like, oh my God, I think we found a secret gem. Yeah, yeah. And I felt really hopeful. And then it kept going a little further, and now we're, we're involving trains. And I'm like, oh, okay, all right. 
Mm-hmm. This is the last one. Yeah. No, I'm always on this board. This is dragging with out too much. Yeah, they didn't do it well. I, they, two they heists just, is they, a lot they did not for do one it. movie, but you can pull it off. And if the second okay. one's a train, it's an appropriate escalation. Right. But then we have one more of we've got to land and do this thing and maybe you guys chase each other and there's a car chase. That was a bridge too far. I Michael Caine and Roger Moore, old as shit, on a crotch rocket, landing on a fucking truck in the laps of their doppelganger selves, where they all get out and they're fine. Nobody's bruised or anything. No hematomas, nothing. I love that. That was fucking incredible. I was actually fully parked on board with a motorcycle that. Right. on top of two human beings' laps. Everyone's fine. Yeah, 100%. Is it because all yeah. they eat is like cheese and shit over there? Their no. bones are <laughs> like unbreakable? No, it's because it doesn't okay. hurt anyone unless it's funny to hurt them with it. But it's so ridiculous seeing them on the bikes and then landing so that nobody was hurt. And, and fucking one of Michael Caine's characters calls that out and gives some ridiculous odds proposition about it. So the movie is aware that it's pulling a shitty joke and also tries to joke about it. Yeah, or no, no, no. you don't. You you don't get to rub poop in my eyes and be like, and now yeah. we both have pink eye. I, no, I don't. I don't think that having uh, you know, two and a third heist. The 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 last heist when they had to stop. That was like a micro heist. It was an amusement. There heist. was a like was... a two minute ball and like a cock and ball torture of Michael Caine. <laughs> <laughs> third part that. They tried to make part of the heist, and it it the, screeching halt. I think where they failed though is that the 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 second and arguable third heist they did a really shitty job of setting up as heists. Um, the first one though, yeah, really, yes. really, I really liked how they set up the bank heist as it were. Kind Agreed. Of. I have some questions on it. Okay. Um, okay. So Willie. Um, yes. The the one time fling of Michael Caine who before he went to jail. Was she also married to his doppelganger now? What? No. She was married to some old rich man that died. That okay. died. So who's the old... Wait, okay. So he's an unrelated old rich man, and now she's broke. Right. And she found yes. out about his doppelganger. Okay. Yes. Her, yes. Her husband left her nothing, and he left it to his mistress. And she gave Willie 28 days to get out of the house. So Willie's trying to make some money on her way out. As, that's why the mansion gets progressively more barren. Right. Oh, okay. That's why the, the gag is that the building that they're in continues to get more and yeah, more yeah, empty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until I the knew end the mistress that... was emptying the place out, and I enjoyed that sight gag of there okay. being less and less shit behind them yes. in every scene. Yes. Right. One of the I re- actually jokes of the mute. Agree. I'm glad you also appreciated that. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I laughed a little too hard at that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we've got multi-stages to this heist. So first they have to get a copy of the key to the safety deposit box at the bank, which Roger Moore's doppelganger has. And he needs to get that by getting his RuPaul on and going undercover as a piano tuner. A blind one. uh, Yeah, as a blind piano tuner so that he can use a, you know, like an eraser silly putty to press the key into it. Not a great scene, but honestly, I love Roger Moore in drag, so I'm always on for it. Okay, so I don't really, when I think Roger Moore, I don't think James Bond, I think uh, Doctor Who, but he's, I've not watched yes. a lot. Yeah. 
so I didn't watch. I don't know him as Bond. So even without the Bond hanging over my head, he is so silly in this movie <laughs> I, that okay, he does yeah. some like straight to camera staring. Like, did you see how cute I was just there? Yeah, did like, you see? Spoiler: I don't. I don't like this movie overall. But like Roger Moore was perfect casting in this. <laughs> he, oh yeah, yeah. He's so delightful in this role. And I love him as a cheeky con artist. It's great for him. He's clearly having a ton of fun. And he leans into the cheesiness and the silliness. And I I absolutely was having a blast with him on screen. I don't know the tone of this film because it is all over the fucking place. <laughs> but Roger Moore does. And he is in perfect sync with whatever the fuck this is. And if there was more of him or more people that also caught the vibe, this would be a lot better movie. It's I love it when Roger Moore's character goes to the um, the gym, the quote unquote gym. Turns out it's a brothel, and he when he discovers that he just has this perfect delivery of being cool and suave about it, and it works so well. It's so Roger Moore that it. I don't know. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It was a really good. I, I actually kind of enjoy the Roger Moore Bonds. I, I love all of the Bonds for the most part. So even though they're not good, I still like them. The one aspect of Roger Moore that made him work as a Bond, but it's even better here, is that everything he says, whether intended or not, you're kind of left going, "Is there a joke I didn't get or something?" Because <laughs> the man, one side of his mouth is permanently smirking. And is Roger Moore making fun of me right now? A hundred percent. And as this con artist, when he's just like wandering into what he thinks is a personal gym and discovering, oh, ho, ho, it is a brothel. That smirk just plays off perfectly. It's yes, just it great. Yes, it does. Yeah. Man, Roger Moore, as smarmy as he was, he was a sneaky snake because he always rolled on his partners. That's another... <laughs> yeah. Running joke. Very famously, Michael Caine, as soon as he gets out of prison and sees him again, points out that every single person he has ever worked with has ended up in jail. First, you see Roger Moore being a luggage raccoon and stealing people's luggage. Yeah. And it's actually, it's to the, it's very clear that this is not even because like, oh no, they got caught and he's rolling on the other person. He's specifically structuring all of his plans Joker style. So that he (laughs) walks away with everything and everyone else gets arrested. And yet people keep partnering with him. So, like, this is kind of on you at this point. That's true. The man's going out of his way. He's got to be a fucking plant. Come on. I didn't even think about this till now. But Roger Moore is going to not just a sex worker. He's going to a sex worker that his doppelganger normally goes to at a high-end secret place how does he know he just booked the usual session how does he know she's not going to disappear behind a fucking changing screen and come out like all right here's the usual and it's some eight inch strap on like dude <laughs> that's i i joked that michael Caine's was going to be a dom that, that's kind of what the movie he looked like it was going to do when yeah. a dude walked right. up from behind the screen and then they were like right. surprise just massage okay but what about michael Caine's accent when <laughs> when he was trying to do an American accent. In like two sentences. He had, <laughs> he had two to five broken American English sentences. 
They should have leaned into the dart throwing because that's how we know which Michael Caine is the real Michael Caine. Correct. Yeah, and that's dart Michael Caine. So why wasn't he not gambiting it up and darting the shit out of people? No, Case, you're right, because one of the things that I expected that I didn't get was for them to actually lean into the ambiguity of which one was Sydney and the real Michael Caine, right? But they didn't do that. They just kept setting it up as though, like, oh, we're going to be, this is going to be really ambiguous. It could be either. And it just kept being Michael Caine's character because he was narrating the fucking movie. Oh, that's why narrators aren't great. Yeah. And the movie even directly calls out how shitty his fucking American accent is because the American one at one point is found by the other, is found by the British Roger Moore. And speaking in his American accent to him, Roger Moore says, oh, you got to keep working on that accent, buddy. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Yeah. Multiple times. That joke happens multiple times. We're going to just beat that that dead horse into dust. (laughs) We like to do that in this movie. The other version of Michael Caine is super healthy. The thief Michael Caine really likes getting drunk in public. Like, inappropriately British drunk in public. The fr- uh, can when you he's, blame him, though? Yeah. When he's first on the train and, like, just yeah, tackling, um, like, James a Final Bond Fantasy is character. my babysitter, so I'm going to get as drunk as I fucking <laughs> want. <laughs> Sorry, I'm on Michael Caine's side for this one, Dave. Do something. My boy's got a license to kill. Damn it! Damn it! Yeah, you gotta come in running when I, that I means come save me. I'll give you the music. I don't mean to buy. I know that's a movie. Weren't you a knight, bitch? Knights can kill. <laughs> What's the point if you can't get your sword? Speaking of killing, Bullseye kills three characters on the train, and it is the most nonchalant, terrible murders I've seen on screen in a long time. Oh my god. Roger Moore was about to go back to his hotel room and someone had rigged up or I'm sorry, on the Orient Express, someone had rigged up a sawed off shotgun to blast him in the face when he opened the door. And instead, a train attendant took that bullet. And And by train attendant, she means a dummy whose head rolls off. With no oh, yeah. blood effects. <laughs> yeah, no. It's bad. It's mall mannequin bad. Yeah. Um, mall mannequin. And immediately, Roger Moore looks to camera and says, well, no need to lose your head over a woman or something <laughs> smarmy like that. Or just like, that was in the, the preview. And I was like, I don't want to watch this. I don't want to watch this. I don't, I don't want this. Right. That was Roger Moore's Mentos moment. It, oh, it did yeah. make me question, like, does Roger know he's not in a Bond movie? <laughs> does he just do this in all of them now? Yeah, I think that's, like, someone who's watched too much of The Office. Or, like, they, like, talk to a camera <laughs> that's not there. Roger Moore doesn't know. He's, he's never not Bond, a little bit Bond. I think we've got our Michael Caine and James Bond out. And it's time to ask that question that we ask every week. Dave, we're going to start with you. 1990s bullseye, exclamation point. Would you watch it again? Man, I should. Like, it's got a lot of things in it I'd love. It's 
Uh, it's 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 not eighties, but it, come on, it's nineteen ninety. It was made in the eighties. It's an eighties movie. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, got, yeah. That's fair. It's got. We'll claim it. It's got Michael Caine. It's got Roger Moore. It's got constant British jokes being thrown at screen. And I watch way too much BBC to claim I don't like that. <laughs> but none of it's very good. And I had a really hard time staying focused on this movie. It's not that it was offensive. I just, my eyes just kept slipping away. So as much as I want to say, like, it deserves another shot, I think it's the type of movie that I, I'd say I'm going to do that and then I'm never going to do it. So let's call it what it is. And no, I'm not going to watch Bullseye again. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and I it feels bad. I feel bad for the movie saying that, but it's just there's nothing here, and there was not a single joke that landed well enough for me. Beyond, I liked I the furniture gag of everything getting taken out. That was good. <laughs> but Casey, how about you? From 1990s, starring Roger Moore and Michael Caine, Bullseye! Exclamation point! Would you watch it again? There was so much to not like in this movie, like the running dated. Like, please kill my wife. Let me buy you dinner. Let me suck oh, your dick. Oh, we didn't dick. even talk like, there about that. There was a whole oh, man. ass side care, unnamed side characters that just this woman, it was hilarious to just try to murder this woman in a Looney Tunes style fashion. Um, God, I or want to. the nympho and to, the pervert. Oh, the nympho and the, oh, is he a pervert? I thought he was just the the Russian guy that was bidding. Uh, he was also, I think, a creepy pervert to the info. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good for him. Um, yeah, no, there's, there were so many. We didn't even mention, really, the CIA daughter. There's so much. Roger Moore's actual daughter? Here. That was his real daughter? Yeah. yeah, that's his actual daughter. And she ends up being oh Michael my God. in the movie. Right, that's which is why she's Michael Caine's daughter. That's that's why the joke. That's... That's, she's supposed to, right, she looks like Roger Moore, obviously. And, oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> Good for them. That was a choice. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's so much crammed into this movie, and I'm sure we did not catch probably at least 30% of it. But parts of it were really fun. I really enjoyed the first act of this film immensely. And there were a couple things peppered throughout, but no, I can't justify oh. watching it. I'm glad I watched it. I'm I'm not saying it's a total waste of time. I think it's worth a watch if you like Michael Caine or Roger. If you want to get smarmed at by Roger Moore, it's not terrible. It's just not something I would return to. Jay... How about you? You brought this 1990s bullseye exclamation point. Would you watch it again? I mean, I think you're both not wrong in your assessment of the film. I do wish they would have leaned into the bullseye more. It would have been great to have a moment where they separated the fake and the real fucking Michael Caines by throwing bullseye, throwing darts instead of it just being a weird thing that hardly shows up except for at the end for a moment. So yeah, that would have been a lot of fun. But I, I feel like, yes, the, the first act of this is awesome. And it's something that I think is going to be fun to watch again. I loved some of the side bits, like with Rabbi Blum, which was a whole lot of fun. There was a, a Korean guy that we didn't talk about who missed out on the bidding and then stalked them and, like, assaulted people. And it was sort of ridiculous. I kind of had a good time with that. 
but I think that you're underselling the ability to come back and watch it again, if not just for the first act, just to turn it off after that. But yeah, so I'm at least going to come back and watch the first act and enjoy that heist and then turn it off and maybe not watch the rest. Or maybe I'll let the rest play as I do other things. So I guess it's just me on a lonely island. One out of three of us is going to watch oh. Bullseye again. But what about you guys? What did you think? Would you watch this at least once? And then let us know if you'd watch it again. Dave, what do we have going on next week? Well, next week, I'm bringing something that I've been looking for an excuse to watch for a while now. I don't know if it's any good. Uh, I'm not expecting it to be, but it has surprisingly good reviews. I don't know quite what we're getting into, but I do know the basic plot involves aliens attacking a British block and a bunch of teenagers joining together to try and chase them off. So, next week, we're going to be watching Attack the Block. Well, Dave from the Block, we'll just have to wait till next week. Follow us on Instagram at Casey.Cinema. Like us on Facebook, sh.ttycinema. Throw us a bone on Patreon if you want to hear us sing like Aaron Neville. Not really. If you just want to give us money, throw us some money at Patreon slash ShittyCinema or PeepShittyCinema.com. Check the show notes for those links. And in the meantime, let's turn out the lights, take no shit from a waiter, and go Israeli army on someone's ass. Huh?